have to go to the root. We have to go to the cause. Dealing with the condition itself is not enough. And it is because of our effort toward getting straight to the root that people oftentimes think we are dealing in hate. Yo, 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 yo. Welcome to Conscious by Nature, where we talk about it because we live it and we understand it because we've been there before. We are oppressed. We are exploited. We are downtrodden. It's your boy, D. Lamar, the scholar. You know what it is. Conscious by Nature. What's good? It's your boy, the genius. This is Conscious by Nature, man. So the only way we're going to get some of this oppression and exploitation away from us or aside from us is come together against the common enemy. Catch us every week. We dropping raw, real conversations for the people. Man, black love, black culture, always conscious. A uh, hundred years ago, they used to put on a white sheet and use a bloodhound against Negroes. Today, they have taken off the white sheet and put on police uniforms. Money Mac, the pretty boys champ here with the scholar D. Lamar and the genius Tyson Area 51 Porter. Three kings. Conscious by nature, man. Check us out. YouTube, Spotify, 8 o'clock, Friday nights, man. Don't miss, man. For the culture. One love. We out. Stay conscious. What's cracking? You know what's happening. It's Conscious by Nature, where we talk about it because we live it and we understand it because we've been there before. The host, Money Mac, the Pretty Boys Champ. Look who's back. The scholar, the infamous D. Lamar. Peace, peace, peace. Man, who's that guy on the end? He's clean, <laughs> clean, clean, clean. Oh, That's uh, Area 51, Tyson mm. Porter. What's good? Man, special guest in the building. We're talking about clean, so we match it with beautiful, ah, yes. the incredible chemical engineer and fitness health nut junkie, Miss Sandeepa. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. Yeah, yeah. Well, you have the microphone, so go ahead and uh, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, uh, what's a chemical engineer, um, your background, everything. My name is Sandeepa. I'm from Sri Lanka. Uh, I'm Sri Lankan-American. Okay. I came to the U.S. Um, about 11 years ago uh, to study chemical engineering at Ohio State. So I'm a Bakai. Um, Columbus is my home in the U.S. Um, I'm from Sri Lanka, however. I grew up in Japan. Um, so the, my first language is Japanese. So English is my third language. <laughs> Making that claim right now. <laughs> if I say something that I should be saying, I'm going to play the foreign card. <laughs> well, and um, yeah, and happy to be here today. Thank you so much for having me. You know, uh, I'm just going to say, this is, you're making it very difficult. You have a high-pitched voice, and then you go to talking like this. So I mean, yeah, I think, but it's okay. We'll work with <laughs> it. Um, All right. Um, so uh, later on in the show, man, we got uh, something very, very special planned for you from the scholar, um, the infamous D. Lamar. He has a uh, kind of a, I don't want to give it away too much, but it's a gift for you. Yeah. All right, so... Um, with that being said, man, it's got um nice to have all three of us back together, man. It's feel wow. like it's been almost a month since man, we've all real. been back on the stage. So um yeah, seems so. Guys are busy all the time, man. man family <laughs> life. Yeah, oh man. Can be like that. So um <clears throat> first topic, who's up? Which one of y'all want to go since y'all both back? Who's up? You know what? 
Can go I ahead, ask yeah. her one question? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go to work. So, Japan. It's just the the the, the new the new angles that I'm hearing about. You were raised in Japan. I grew up in Japan. So. What was that like? It was different. <laughs> well, it was very interesting um, in the sense that, of course, culturally, I'm, I'm from a different place. Yeah. And then I grew up in a very different place, different from here. Okay. Um, and when I was growing up, having those differences and um, having more of an identity struggle uh, that I dealt with, um, especially as a kid and a teenager, um, that later on, getting that experience um, from those different parts of the world, growing up there and experiencing there firsthand, became more of a strength to be able to relate to more different people from different backgrounds after later on in life as an adult here. That's awesome. <laughs> How long did you live in Japan? Um, pretty much my entire childhood until I was about... Um, like 11, 12 years oh, old. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely <laughs> had lots of experience there. And the reason that I asked, of course, it's it's different. Of course, you said you're from Sri Lanka, but to grow up in Japan. You know, guys, um, I'm just going to say, they're, they're supposed to be talking to you, but they're like whispering to one another. <laughs> what's going on out here. But uh, both of you can speak up so yeah, our audience definitely. can hear oh, yeah. us. Um, but um, it's, it's, it's like a culture shock. Because I watch a lot of things because I have an interest in East Asian culture. Um, and, of course, I watch things where I see African-Americans living there and what it's like. And then um, my cousin, he lived in Japan for six years. But he's in the Navy with his wife, Jeremiah. Cousin. Yep, yep, I remember. Yeah, so it's like a, very interesting to, to hear what a point of view would be from someone else living there. And being that um, there's not... It doesn't seem like there's many foreign people, which would be foreign to Japan, living there and yeah. what their experiences are like. So, are, are, I, are there black people in Japan? There are now, uh, well, considerably, <laughs> I guess. But, it, well, when as a you whole, were growing though, up. when I was growing up in the 90s, yeah. there was not many foreigners there. Oh, okay. So, foreigners are called gaijin. Um, there, gaijin is almost like a... Um, Kind of a, a little bit of a derogatory word. Uh, so a little if you, bit, yeah, really Come a little. On, I mean, it's not as bad as say the N word or something. Here. I mean, I'm sure it's equivalent <laughs> to what what they mean over here. And when we say uh, uh, Hispanic slurs and Asian slurs and all that, I, I'm sure that is equivalent. That is exactly what they mean. I I really think it's it's a little softer than that. The guy did, but. So the proper word is gaikokujin, <clears throat> but you call it, gaijin means a little bit derogatory. Japan being a culture of respect, there's really no like cuss words. <laughs> so I don't know if you guys knew this, but yeah. Japanese doesn't have cuss words. Um, and you have like in the language, there are levels of respect, like how I talk to somebody based on how I respect them, the language is different. Right. So when I talk to you guys, like with friends, like, you know, it's it's how I talk. The language is different <laughs> than if I were to talk to like a professor or like a teacher at the time. Hey, that's, a kid. that's the same in America. You don't. I don't talk to my friends the same way I talk to my mama. If you ever tried to talk to your mama like that? She'd be like, "I'm not your friend." Right. <laughs> I know. I know it's similar in um, Chinese 
cultures and languages too, because I did study some of that in college. Mm-hmm. So um, different terms or different ways they they um, inflect their tone when they're saying it uh, or um, addressing someone. Yeah. To show their level of respect for them. Right. So that's really cool. And I want to go back to p- part of what you asked earlier about the differences. So Sri Lanka being an Asian country, it's a South Asian country. Right. Um, of course, there are some similarities with culture with Japan. Okay. At the same time, there are so many differences, like how you treat people and how you, you know, how you treat a complete stranger mm. and everything. So of course, as a kid, when you're growing up there, that's the norm. So to me, when I went back to my own country, my motherland, that was hard. Um, there were definitely hard times as a kid that, you know, adjusting and everything, the cultural shock of my own mm-hmm. place with <laughs> not fitting in with my own people. Um, and then, of course, it was, there were learning, um, I guess, experiences that came with it and that shaped my personality. So when I came to the U.S. Um, as an Im- immigrant um, and <clears throat> to come here for college, yes, of course, in certain sense, there were cultural shock, but I felt like I was so, <coughs> I was able to fit in so much easier, Corona. easier and better. Um. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. My apologies. I couldn't help myself. <laughs> You're silly. Funny. <laughs> Well, it helped me because I had already already gone through back and forth, like fitting into different cultures and everything. Um, and this is so funny. Um, and I kind of related to <laughs> law of attraction in a way. When what? I was a kid, as early as like five years old, I always knew I was going to America someday. Oh, yeah. I was going to live in the U.S. Oh, a dream wow. from everyone overseas. American dream. I know. <laughs> no, it was it. Well, the whole story. I don't. I don't want to bore everybody, but um, just the high level bits and pieces of it is um, it's like I always knew. Uh, whenever I knew about well, whatever was um accessible, the information outside the U.S. Um, I always felt like. America is like a melting pot, like different mm-hmm. types of people. Yeah. And with me growing up with identity struggles, confused about my identity and not fitting in with my, my own people or in Japan, I wanted to be a Japanese, yeah. but I didn't look like one. I felt Definitely like one not. in the inside. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then <laughs> in Sri Lanka, in certain ways, I didn't look and move like my own people. And I was perceived as an outsider, not really being taken in as uh, one That's of tough. their own. That was tough. And the best way I can really explain how I felt is how Trevor Noah explains his experience in the uh, Bona Crime novel that he wrote about his own experience. But yeah, so struggling with all that, it felt like, and whatever I knew as a child um, growing up and as a teenager about the U.S. was like, kind of like, I always thought this is where I would fit in best because everybody's from somewhere else and different. Definitely, Definitely. And you do. And, you, know, you know, everybody fits in in their own way. You just find your little pocket in this world and, you know what I'm saying, find a couple people that love you and you get with them. Right. So, yeah. uh, 51, you got anything to touch on that real quick before we hit our first topic? No, let's go ahead and get right into the topics. I'm happy to have you here and uh, let's get into it. All right. Uh, Lamar, D. Lamar. Hey, man, scholar. I like the shirt. Nice. Thank you, sir. Yep, yep. Teach me something. You always be teaching me something. Teach me something. <laughs> so... 
Um, I got two gentlemen I want to talk about today. Um, terrible situations. Brother Andrew Brown, first off, Elizabeth City, North Carolina. I'm talking to you. All right. So, Brother Andrew Brown, he had a warrant being issued to him for a drug charge. We got some body cam video of Elizabeth City police showing up in a black pickup truck armed to the teeth with vests and ARs to serve this drug search warrant. Yeah, it sounds funny, but it ain't funny. So they show up. <laughs> Brother Brown is in his car. He's going to leave the scene. He's backing up and he drives around the police and then they pepper his car with bullets, shooting him in the arm and in the back of the head, leaving him deceased. Even if Brother Brown was a criminal, doesn't he have rights? An unarmed man, they found no gun on him. And when do police show up for a search in a pickup truck? like a small militia or army. The DA said this was a justified killing, saying that the fact that he was in his car, it was deemed a weapon. I don't know what to do, man. We got a lot of situations like this, and I got another one I'm going to hit on in a minute. I want to hear what you guys think about this situation and um, what they're trying to, paint for Brother Brown. These police are murderers. And when you look at the video, and they only released one angle of yeah. the video, it doesn't, to me, it doesn't look like he was coming at the officer. It looks like he was swerving off of the officer. He could have very well hit the officer. That's what he was intended to do. Right. And even then, the way I understand it, um, police have, of course, certain... Um, I guess, steps or regulations that they need to follow, and they're not supposed to be shooting at a moving vehicle. Correct. Correct. Could have harmed someone else. We've seen that happen before. And how many other incidences have we seen or even talked about or shown on this show where there's people in cars moving with actual police officers on them? Yeah. Or, or even people still in police cars. I've seen videos of that. Showed it on the show. We, we, we showed all these clips on the show. You know what I'm saying? Still in the police car. Not once do you see that, um, that officer pull their pistol or whatever and shoot the car up. Beat up two officers. They never pulled their guns out. He beats them up. Uh, a female and a male hops in the vehicle, drives off. And, and you can hear whoever's recording it. Like, whatever his name is, like, stop, they're going to hurt you. Like, come on, come man. On, man. But yeah. this dude can't even drive away. Yeah. And, and I'm just going to say, because the pickup truck is, is is the thing that got has me. If you're there to uh, apply this search warrant to a, a supposed drug operation, where's the SWAT? Like, where is the SWAT box truck? You know what I mean? Right. Like, because that's what you're going to do. So, like... You hopping out of um, Uncle Billy's pickup truck and shit. Like, I'm trying to figure out 
How is this even legal for you to be riding around with these ARs like this? It's because they do what they want to do. Oh, no shit. Let's talk about Breonna Taylor again, right? Showing up at her house in the middle of the night, not even in police clothing, not announcing themselves. So they can just do what they want. Hey, man, we're going to raise somebody tonight. Yeah, let's just show up with our stuff and just go and do it. Like this training day. Just like it. Just, just like it's training day. We got the wrong person. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, she's dead, but she shot back. He shot back at us, so. Right. And you don't even see the target. You're just shooting. Right. And then they get off. You know? So. And, and they talk about, like, they talk about not charging the officers. Mm. So where's the transparency? Why not release the other angles, of videos that shows other angles? And yeah. And that was the big part of the story, too, is that they wouldn't release the body cam footage. And then they only pieced together 44 seconds to show. And they did not want to identify any of the officers in it. Of course not, because this... T- go ahead, go ahead. Wait, I mean, you know they, they're going to always take care of themselves, edit, and clean it up to make themselves look like the right. victim. It's a redacted version. So <laughs> what you're doing is you're talking to a guy who just edits videos for a living. So when <laughs> right. you tell me, you give me 44 seconds of, I don't know, three hours of footage... Mm-hmm. I'm like, um, okay. So, and you got several, several angles of it. Like, this is the discrepancy because now we can see everything that they've always been doing. And now um, they trying to, I guess, put gloves on it or pillows on it. You know what I'm saying? Instead of putting out that real footage. Soften the blow. Soften the blow because they training and the way they taught and the way they treat uh the, the other races of this country, I mean, everybody brown or black, you get treated a certain way. And, and it's like you're trying to hide that behind that video. You know what I mean? But you can't hide it. And eventually they're going to have to start showing all these videos. And when they do, that's why they got to hide these names because people, um, they're not going to march down to the police station. But you'll get a neighborhood to go over there and lynch two or three cops. Just how they do us. See, like, like that's what they trying to avoid. That same thing they do to us. Because, yeah, we ain't going to march on the police station where you got all these firearms and your armory and your bullets and all that. But, like, when you vulnerable and you at home with your children, yeah, people willing to make that move on you. So, it is what it is. So, um, the next gentleman I want to talk about is Brother Ronald Green. Rest in peace. Um... Louisiana, good old boys all over, right? So, Brother Ronald Green, back in 2019, his family was told that he died in a vehicular homicide. He crashed into a tree and was was killed. So, for two years, his family had to deal with the pain of their loss of of their brother, son, father, uncle, you know. Come to find out, autopsy was done by a Nigerian doctor on his body. And they found taser markings and evidence of beatings all around Brother Green's body. So being that the police and coroner stated that he died from vehicular homicide, the doctor told an autopsy says something doesn't add up. So now, 
we have some body cam footage that was released anonymously from one of these cops showing Brother Green in his car being pulled over, forced to get out. He's being tased. He's being beaten. He's being tortured by these police until he's dead. All the while saying, I'm sorry. What can I do? I'm your brother. Please stop this. Never once resisting these cops as they beat on him for almost 20 minutes. Stomping him. They handcuff him, get him on the ground. They shackle his legs and drag him by his face and his stomach across the street. They tortured him to death. But they told his family and everyone for two years that he died as a result of the vehicular homicide. This is what we're dealing with. Um, so my question is, um, who exactly put the footage out? Because, um, and, and I'm going to get into yeah. did that topic, but I just feel like what dirt did they have on one of these officers that he would turn and snitch on all his people? What else did he do? Like, like if this ain't the worst thing you did, what what is the worst thing you did that you are caught up in that you are turning on your people and turning this in? But this, you know, like that's crazy for me to just oh, think man. about that because like they they played to such a code, and it's two years later. What would make you turn over now? You know what I mean? Like it's 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 it only takes one coward, one bastard. The same thing with that dude in Ahmaud Arbery's case. Oh. He was right with him. And they wouldn't have had no fail. None. If he wouldn't have turned it in. But that's because he's a coward and he's afraid of the consequences of his actions. Yeah. He's like, well, I didn't pull the trigger. So why should I go to jail? So yeah. I'm going to send it out. That's what happens when you have cowards. And I think they um, somehow released, um, or whoever released it, yeah. their text messages of these um same police officers. Oh yes. Or beating on others. Beating Did, on well, others. they had. To, that's what the uh, after that that came out. They had an internal investigation, and then they they seen the, the roundup. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? But like a lot of good language in those text messages too. Oh, yeah. come on now. And that this incident particularly was really heartbreaking. I couldn't get myself to watch the video myself, but I he how he says, "I'm your brother." Yeah. And you beat up on the guy while he's laying unconscious and drag him and, and and what's what's uh they say uh fuck i got his blood all over me i hope yeah. he doesn't have aids yes that's that, that like yo See, the thing is you're dealing with soulless individuals man you you don't have a soul when you're doing this type of stuff right when you're saying this type of stuff why are you treating people less than i mean this is absolutely absurd and ridiculous man it was a hard watch to see that yeah so you know? I, this made me think of something. There was a study done by the University of Virginia um, only five years ago with 200 medical students, white medical students. And guess what? 40% of them thought black people have thicker skin than white people. And I don't remember the other percentage, but a very like a high majority of them thought black people don't feel the pain the same level as white people and we're talking about medical students i'm not saying education makes somebody intelligent or have wisdom but still that has to account for something that this is how what their perception is 
and, and that kind of explains. They superhuman. So when you get in contact with them, you got to put them down hard and fast and quick. And that's what they teach them at the academy. Um, that Jim Crow, that slavery talk, that that's that's what scholar teach me something. Well, you know what? That's very interesting that you brought that up because there is statistical data that shows over time, and I want to speak to the black woman that when they come in for things that in regardless to in regards to um, pregnancy or pains or things like that, that they don't get to, they they don't get the same treatment as other patients. Yes. That they saying that, that black women can endure so much more pain. Another women and 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 they're, they're that's been shown over time. Yeah, you know that when they come in, they're they're not getting the same kind of treatment or medication or things like that because they believe that that black woman is so strong she can take more. And there's lawsuits and everything that have been going yeah. on in the medical system because are you serious? Yes, yes. this is shocking. This is true. This is yeah. This is crazy. Yeah, it, we're in 2021, and you're telling me you still think this is. 1821, 1721. The laws haven't changed. You got a problem. You got, you got, we got bigger problems. 51. Are we still here? Where we going, man? This is, this is, this is a lot. This is a lot, man. And shout out, man, real quick to uh, Tariq Nasheed. Yes, sir. Just got my buck breaking. And a lot of stuff that we're talking about is in this documentary, man. So we're going to look at this as a collective and uh, we're going to break this down on another show, man. Definitely, for sure. Good uh, looking. So we're going to change topic a little bit and get a little softer a little lighter let's go and um man did you guys see uh, the lady with the makeup I want, I want, let me, ladies <laughs> let's, let's uh let's talk about this makeup here um uh, and the levels of deception and sorcery that you guys pull on men um sorcery did y'all see the lady with the makeup and she just transformed her yeah. whole face like what that is you know, for me, I'm gonna let you go, but like I, I just every time I see that, I'm like, man, I just that's how you get punched in the morning. <laughs> I went home with you and then I rolled over and you look like that, and then I'm like, I Who's thought this? you was my dude, like D Lamore. <laughs> why you in the bed with me? Like, like, it won't be me. But it's not him. <laughs> but it's you though. Right. But looking like him. <laughs> that stuff is crazy to me, man. Like, so ladies, can we talk about the deception? Like since we have a queen in the house, let's just, let's just let's talk about makeup and, and, and why why do you have to to lie to kick it, if you will? Oh, man. Lie to kick it. <laughs> so my perception about makeup or any sort of enhancement is it's a personal choice to you know do what you want to do to make yourself feel beautiful. I think life is short. Um, Hey, if that makes you happy and makes you feel good about yourself, do what you need to do to get there. Um, that's how I see it. But I know you're talking about the deception part because <laughs> the extreme part of it. So <laughs> I'll let you brothers. The extreme uh, part of it. I, you know, yeah. I'll go ahead, D. Lamarga. Oh, well, I mean, once again, it's the hypocrisy. That's the term I'm going to use. We talked about, you know, the body like Todd that they're selling. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Body. body by money. <laughs> That you can wear. What we call it around here is the toddy body. Toddy body. Hey, hey, you better trade money. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, for real. It's okay. Back to it. But, you know, men have a different thought process than women. We, we can't really enhance ourselves the same way. So 
when women use all of these alterations and things to make themselves look presentable the way that they want to look, it's like, where's the plant level playing field at? Like I'm supposed to, to, to not have this gut. I'm supposed to be in the best shape and everything like that. And you can just enhance yourself in so many different ways that you can buy. So there's the hypocrisy there, but then it gets to this too. Like I spoke about before. Um, I feel like it's a taught thing. Like as yeah. a young girl, you you learn to say, okay, you have to look a certain way. You have to enhance yourself a certain way. And then society too makes them feel like they have to look a certain way to be presentable to get a man. I think there's definitely more pressure as a woman to yes. look a certain way. And with like this age and like social media oh, and man. all you see is like a certain type of, you know, like look and that ain't real. Which, which that is not ain't real. Real. It, listen, it's TV. Remember when they be like, man, that shit on TV. Instagram ain't nothing but TV in your hand. That's the TV. That's not real. That's where everybody live, though. I feel you. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You got to understand. Like, that's a millisecond out of uh, uh, your whole life where you was posed and smiled perfectly or whatever, right. man. It's not. I mean, I ain't gonna lie. I look better in person than I do in pictures, but <laughs> like that that shit ain't real, man. It's not real. I mean, we showcase like even psychologically, like I don't show my worst moments on my social media, my platform. People see the highlights and really it's misleading in every way. And the best angle Personally, I'm not really good at angles, but I seen you out there coaching the other day. You lying? <laughs> <laughs> but hey, on my platform, I do talk about, and since we're on the topic, I do talk about like you know, um, it, taking care of yourself. Like, and money, you and I should have this, share this um, love of fitness and everything. So taking like doing everything consciously every day, mm -hmm. continuous improvement. There's a word for it in Jap Japanese called kaizen. It's simple, little, scalable improvements every day, continuous improvement. So that's the concept that I live by. And I look at fitness as that way as well. Like you're investing in fitness has so many other, so many benefits to your life, not just physical, but physical fitness, well, physical strength and fitness, and even the look of yourself. That's a, a big part of it because it does feed into and feed into other every part of your life. Your ego. It's your <laughs> ego. Feeds my ego. I, I mean, now, it definitely <laughs> makes you more confident. I, 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 you haven't known me since I was a kid. I don't think the gym did that. But um, <laughs> uh, I agree with that, though. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we, uh, we got something else on that? You got something else? I mean, you brought up Kaizen. I just wanted to say that. That is awesome. There was this little lady. Um, I think she was Japanese. And she was real famous for a short period of time on like Netflix for like helping people clean up their life and their home and stuff like that. And she practiced that Kaizen property. So she would go into people's houses and their whole room would be messy and like get rid of the stuff you don't need, improving your life. So I think Kaizen is really awesome. Yeah, it's such a That's simple cool. concept, but it really goes into every part of your life. That's So yeah. every day I live my life looking at different parts of my life, like about what can I improve? And the, the point is, it doesn't have to be significant. You just continue to improve by small steps yeah. every day. And that adds up so much is the point. 
Very nice. I like okay. that. Hey, we're going to take a short break. Stay with us. Uh, we're going to hear from one of our sponsors. Don't forget, man, Hangout. D. Lamore has a special gift for you, man. Don't forget. So we'll be back in a minute. We are back here at Conscious by Nature. <laughs> uh, I guess I'm getting better at my job. Um, they said I get to do a topic, so um, we're going to go into a little topic. I had a little discussion last night with a young lady, and I, I just, um, I was trying to distinguish between the strong woman in a relationship and the independent woman who. Um, Screams that I don't need a man. So can can someone just enlighten me on this? I have my own opinions and thoughts on it, but like, what, what's your opinion? The strong woman, or, or are they synonymous? Or, or are they synonymous? Or can you be not one without the other? I mean, what, how the hell does that work? The feminist movement will tell you it's synonymous. Oh, I'm independent, strong. Independent. I'm strong, independent. It's all the same. I, see, I find that hard to believe. Continue. Teach me something, someone. I don't have to. <laughs> I mean, my perspective is I believe that you can be both and still have a man. Um, depend, independent, right? Independent. That means being able to do things on your own. You can depend on you if need be. You know, and then having the strength just being able to handle stuff. You know what I mean? So if you're a woman and you're single, then you can be strong and independent. You know, I, I have a, I believe a, a strong independent woman, but we, there's a balance that happens. Can there. I, can I ask you a question? Yes. Um, you were with us a couple of weeks ago. We had Renee Banks on the show, right? Sure enough. And we said that, um, so if you do everything for yourself, that means like open doors and stuff. So, we remember speaking and saying that you have to allow a man to be a man. Yes. So what you trying to say, what you saying is like kind of contradictory to that, because like if you independent and you're doing everything for yourself, then you're not allowing me to be the man that I need to be in this relationship. So like I need some clarification. On so, that. Well, I don't think that I'm contradicting myself because it's like. It's about what you choose. You can. You can cede your independence to allow someone to help you or be your partner. That doesn't mean that you can't be independent when you need to. That's that's the point I'm coming with. Yeah, I think I think it's the definition of words having different meanings to different people. I yeah. think that's what we're talking about. And I'm in agreement with what you shared, Dee, about can, you can be bold. But from what you shared, money, you see independent as somebody that says, I don't need a man. But I, I, I clearly right, right. I clearly said that that's the independent because that's what she's. That's what it was. Drip was spoken to me oh, as God. that the independence is. I don't need a man. I'm saying, right. well, if you independent, how do you expect to ever get a man? Because you have to have some sort of allowance. Mm. You have to have this allowance, and if you're not allowing this to happen, a corridor being open, a um, a man yeah. to check in on you, um bring you something to eat. If you can do everything for yourself and you don't need a man, then you're not allowing that allowance to happen. So that's what I'm screaming at. Okay. Yeah. By, by that definition, personally, I don't consider myself as independent. Exactly. Because I I don't scream. I don't need a man. To me, being strong, being strong woman also means letting the man be a man. 
and being in touch with your femininity, being on the receiving end. Hey, I want my man to be a provider and a protector. Right. Provide for me, protect for me. And providing doesn't just mean like financially. Personally, I don't want my man to provide for me financially, at, at least at this point. In marriage, that's a different story. Um, but providing for me and adding value to my life, there's so many areas that you could provide as a man. Mm. Um, and I, I, I want to allow that. And that's my femininity and that's my power and that's my strength. And that's what strong means to me. Also strong to me is like more like really it's multifaceted, like, you know, emotional strong, physical strong, financial, mental, like there's so many other aspects. So in that sense, you can be strong and also identify and recognize and let your man provide for you. See, see, oh, I, I, I gotta jump in. Jump on. Yeah. So now you said something. You said femininity, mm -hmm. right? Um, and that is a lost kind of art in today's woman, right? They don't believe in being feminine. They don't believe in you know uh, being soft for your man and things of that nature. That's why you're getting. And I don't need no man independent talk. Right? I can do it on my own. I can do it bad all by myself. All that's. You see what I'm saying? I think women need to get in tune with the femininity again, right? Yeah, like I got a point. Is that is that is this something. a cultural thing? I got something. Go ahead, go. <laughs> so you got the mic. So speaking to that, I think that the destruction of the black family has a lot to do with that, mm -hmm. because the fact that we had this mass incarceration of. Um, brown and black people, men, and they were trying to, you know, you had these single the family households. <clears throat> the war on drugs. Exactly. I think society pushed that mm -hmm. on the women. I think it was on purpose. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. To take that man out of the equation. Yeah. So that's how we got to this independent woman thing, which didn't start today. It started in the 90s. Mm -hmm. honest about it. That's a great point, Dean. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so... Um, that's how you got to this point of women saying, hey, I don't need nobody. I don't have a man around. I'm going to do what I have to do. Here's my thing, though. And when I come across independent women, they're either, um, they, they always seem to be two type of women. They always seem to be hurt, bitter women with no children um, later on in life, late 40s, early 40s or so. Or they seem to be women that are like, three children, three baby daddies and broken and don't want a man or can't trust anybody. Like I, I rarely see this independent woman um, that is confident and successful and loving and has this caring individualism about them. And it, because the person I seen met yesterday, the other day was just like, <laughs> a bitch was Corella DeVille. Like, yeah, fuck. Yeah. Oh, man. Like, like, I mean, she was ice cold. And I'm just like, yeah, you independent for sure. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm cancer. I got a warm, loving heart. And listen, <laughs> she was chilling me off. I had to shake her off of me. She <laughs> gave me the vibe. So, yeah. I'm cool on that. I would love to hear some comments. I'm sure you would. They the got something to say to me. About that. I'm sure they do. So whether it's on, on our YouTube, you know, check out the, the Instagram, Facebook page. We want to utilize your comments. For Conscious the show. by Nature, Gmail too. Yes. But, but D, I, I do want to add a little bit. 
And speaking from a non-black person, right? Let's Ooh, you speak. ain't black? <laughs> okay. I'm, black. <laughs> all right. I'm like, damn. I'm like, all right. Like. <laughs> so as an outsider who is, I, I want to say have a certain level of awareness, like being an outsider from the U.S. and coming in and living here, living among different, you know, like communities and everything. What I love the point that you made about, um, you know, how, <clears throat> how certain things in the black communities may have led like have led to black women needing to be independent mm -hmm. it really dates back to really slavery if you if you really think about the roles and 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 roles and roles and responsibilities like how the slavery affected that culture between yeah. black man and black woman really and then of course a continuation of what we see like war on, war on drugs and other things complications that were passed down from through generations really affected that. So you have to see that side as well. Like, and when the black man is not able to be there or provide for the family, the black woman had to step up yeah. and be independent. So I think that that's another great point that I loved. Oh, we're going to move on from this, but uh, I, I want to end this with this. I, I'm really wondering how this country will be in 50 years when basically um, black and brown people will have taken over because we will have um, dominated in population. I'm just wondering if we're still going to adapt these teachings that we have been um, accustomed to or will we actually evolve ourselves and start doing right by one another? So, with that being said, man, we're going to move on to the next topic, man. That was fire. Thank y'all so much for ringing in on that, man. And um, what we got? Who's next? Well, that topic led right into our next topic. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> which, you know, was um, what makes a good man? And you, you were saying a lot of good points. I'd like to hear you rehash those for me for a little bit. Yeah. What makes a good man? And can a man, a broke man, be a good man? Okay, what makes a good man? Mm. To me, um, a man with a mission that extends, extends beyond himself. Um, someone who serves the people around his, in his life with a compassionate heart. That's a good man. Right. With, with good core values, that goes without saying, it's a good, good man. I'm married, I'm sorry. <laughs> that was it, that was it. <laughs> No, that's 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 that's, that's that's spot on. You know what I'm saying? Compassion. Um, a man, a good man is a man who can. Uh, his word is bond, mm -hmm. right? And a good man is someone who is willing to do something for somebody, but not receive anything back. You know. Mm -hmm. Um. So, man, you are like a rare breed. Like, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, just it's just beautiful to hear. Yes, it's so it's refreshing. Really like to hear this talk, like. Someone like you, like because we don't. This is not common. <laughs> you know what? And you know what? And I ain't gonna say, man. Like, let's not. Let's not do that because it might be common, but it's just not advertised. Mm. Okay, it's not yeah. advertised. So I'm not gonna say it's not common because sometimes right. I, I come across um, a lot of good women, and I wonder if um, they hadn't. Man wouldn't lie to them and dog it. Cause it's like sometimes I hang out and somebody be like, Where your dude do? Such and such that oh blah 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 blah. And I'll be like, that's not like some bullshit to me. I've already known because I probably pulled the bullshit, okay? I've been telling you. <laughs> but um, so yeah, 
it's good to hear that, and I'm glad people gonna get to see that. And I hope some uh, a young woman who's struggling with, you know, um, feeling this type of way that she can understand that it's people that want to be good women too, and not just be on Twerk Nation and Twerk Nation too. <laughs> so once again, back, back to that, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. like so when you talk about the things that women look for, so security, maybe um, stability, you know, can someone, uh, a man who's broke be good for a woman? So can a broke man be a good man? Yeah. Yes. Because financial stability doesn't make or change the core values in a person. But I want to take this to another route, a more interesting topic. Can a broke man be dateable? Hey. So <laughs> I want to, uh, right. That I, I, I do want to <laughs> let you guys. He wouldn't be considered. Right. Ladies are at the finish line, right? They're not at the beginning. They're waiting for the, the winners. That's it. Right. So if he's broke, I don't have time for him. They're looking for the winners up front. Right. That, I mean, that's just how it is now. Right. They're not looking for no, a Bob the Builder. <laughs> right. He ain't even Bob the Builder. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like they, they ain't checking for that. What's your paper looking like right now? Yeah. How can you benefit me right now? That's what the modern woman is looking for. <laughs> wow. Can he be dateable? So <clears throat> this is where I want to add more context to it. Because I have to explain a little bit about my personal value system yeah. to get, get to that. So money never impresses me <laughs> as, as a woman, as a person. That's just the values that's instilled in me. And anybody on this show talking about money don't impress oh, her. Man, money, what? you know the money that I'm talking okay, about. Okay, the other money, <laughs> That's not the other, this money. Other okay. ben- Benjamin's. <laughs> Dead to your face too. <laughs> <laughs> to my to your face. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. So in the past, any man that's um, taken the step to try to court me and with trying to impress me with money was like turn off in a, in a in a different sense it's like uh, that's that entitlement like because i have money that i'm a good candidate like no you're not um so i say that bef- before i go to this so in the past have i dated broke men i have and i have helped build them up but would i do this at this stage in my life no because and i have my reasons so if you're broke to me Say we're just starting today and you're broke. Brokenness could mean some other things that are wrong with your um, behaviors. You know, it could be like, how are you broke to the point that you don't have any savings to even get you through? Because, you know, like, you know, definition goes to say like you just have no means at all. So right now in this stage of my life, I'm looking to build up with somebody that has like-minded values and everything. So in that sense, I don't want to spend time building up a man, but say I'm already with a man and he had a financial crisis. I'm absolutely going to be there. Like I'm going, and I already know the core values that he has and bring, you know, brings to my life. And I know that I can, help support build him up right um and i'm absolutely gonna s- stick it out with him 
Like that's not going to change anything. I feel like that's a different situation. I thought so too. Yeah. I was going to be yeah, like, man. yo, yeah, you <laughs> with him and he go broke and you know, I, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that, that's all. Yeah, you yeah. ain't shit yeah. if you leave. Yeah, yeah. Right, of course, but, of course. But, <laughs> but, but there's some, some that ain't shit. Yeah. <laughs> but it could also extend to like, yeah, we were t- talking about extremes, like broke. But yeah. as women, like most of, um, and, and I saw this somewhere, like you marry up looking for somebody who makes more money mm. in that sense like that money does not uh, do anything because to i was going to say um and, and, and what's this definition of broke can i only take you out once a month like how, how does that work like because like when we at this stage of our our lives like everybody got bills to pay you doing this you doing that so this consideration like if you 30 plus and you ain't got no money like what are you doing that tells me that's something more wrong with you that's that's something completely different than just you working and you got a budget every week your check bam 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 and so you ain't got the uh, funds or the means to take her out or spend that extra dough or something like that but to just like um, be sitting at home waiting for her so you can smoke her cigarettes Uh, (laughs) oh damn I mean, if you, if you, <laughs> I, I thought, Ty, you had a real good point, man. Um, once again, women do, they're looking for the finish line. You? you a right. man in a suit? They looking for you. They looking for you, bro. <laughs> looking I mean, for you. With that, that nice line up, up and know, that beard. They trying to stay clean out here. You know, you know what I mean? Because once again, when we talk about society now, and that's great that you said dateable, they're looking for six-figure men. Man, stop. They, they looking for six-figure, man. They looking for six-figure, man. And they ain't got no money. Wait, and that's my thing. That That's my problem. A woman don't got to have like, nothing. Like, <laughs> and from, from my aspect, like, why don't you have to have nothing? Like, your woman could be making six figures, and you could be making five figures, and you still got ambitions and other yes. things you got going on. But, like, why does a man have to be making six figures and you think you can just sit at the crib with no ambition, no nothing, shop, if your stuff don't go right for the first week or something, you quitting every new project, every new thing you start. What makes that shit That's okay? That's that entitlement hey, back yeah. to the for, for feminist what? movement, pimping. It's all, all right. back to Hey, I don't have to bring anything to the table. Why not? I thought Why you was me? independent. I thought you could get it. I, if if you independent and I'm independent, we put our dependence together. We become dependent on one another and mm. we got what we got. Mm. But if yeah. you ain't got shit, zero plus my shit equal my shit. See, mm. but that's what's going on. Like we talk about societal constructs and the in the the mind twisting to me of society today. It's something I want to be in charge. I want to have this and that. But at the same time, how come you're not giving me that? That's exactly what I was I, thinking. I think I think we need to we need to change and influence and inspire the mindset of especially young women to understand that it's important that you become whole yourself. And when I say whole, it extends beyond financial means like in every aspect of your life, make yourself whole before you get into a relationship. Whole two people coming together is a wonderful thing. You can build so much as a unit and go to levels that you cannot really go by yourself. And that adds to what you guys all both, all of you said, really. So make sure, like, 
focus on bettering yourself. You have to come with what 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 are you bringing to the table? As a woman, um you you have to be successful too if you're trying to build an empire which which is how we changed the the cultures, changed the societies and transform and what are you leaving to your offspring and change for the future. So I, that should be the mindset. I'm going to leave you with this, with a question cuz we're going to move on. We're getting into this, but um if women want to have a man with six figures and stay at home and do nothing, then why don't you just want to be that feminine housewife if that's who you want to be? If, if, if that's who you want to be and that's the life you want to live, then why won't you be the housewife? I'm so confused about... Why you want to live a fast life and still have the housewife lifestyle? I'm, I'm not. We're not going into that no more. Let's go somewhere else with this, man. That's that was we we spent about a nice little bit thirty minutes on this relationship yeah. thing today, man. We talked yeah. to men. We got good stuff. Yeah. Okay, uh, we got something else. Yeah, I got a you know a new subtopic for the show this week in Black Excellence. You know, we want to shine a light on Brother Keydrain Brewster. He was in prison for 13 years, got out, and started a trucking business, which he only hires ex-convicts, black and brown gentlemen. I saw the video. It was amazing. He, he, they, were, they were breaking bread, um, having, having dinner together, and it was about... 15 brothers in there and he was like how long you was in one brother 26 years mm-hmm. other brother 20 years and they all were together sh- sharing and love together and working and building one another so brother key jane brewster that's an awesome thing yeah. you know because we need more things like that you know uh, you know once you've done your time there isn't a lot of benefits and things afforded to people to help them you know, these cats have been in jail 20-something years. You come out, you might not have things waiting on you. And he's got a good job waiting for them to build a life for themselves. Yeah, it, was, it was beautiful to see that, man. You know what I'm saying? A lot of times these cats come out, there's, there's just nothing for them, like you said, right? Yeah. Like, there's no program that they can go to. It's not a job that is available to them. You know, so, you know, I, I hope that more people take the lead and follow what this gentleman did. Come on, man. And, and, and help these people, you know, recondition themselves and, and get back into society. Positive in a positive way. Yeah, yeah, and this goes to personal responsibility and community responsibility. Mm-hmm. You know, not waiting on leaders to make changes. Like within the community, we are um, enriching and giving back to the communities to build us. Yeah, that's nice, D. I like that new segment. That was hot right Thank there. You. Appreciate you bringing that to the yeah, show. Look for every week. We're gonna do that. Nice, nice, yeah, very sure. nice. Um, yeah, man. So we got something else. I think that I think you good. Yeah. You good? You got something for me? You got a topic? You want to talk to me about? Uh, not really. No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> That's not want to talk to me this today. Hey, unless you want to ask about chemical, what chemical engineering? No, no, we're not gonna get into that. <laughs> we got good. Um, Fifty One, take us up out of here. Hey, listen, thank you again. Thank you, Queen, for coming and joining us. We really appreciated it. Yeah. Uh, thank everybody for liking, subscribing, and just just rocking with us. Um. As always, it's good to have the three kings back together. Yes, sir. And uh, we will be back next week. D. Lamar, take us up out of here. So, we got something great for y'all. We got the Conscious by Nature K 
cash app giveaway. So we're going to be giving $50 cash app money to the person who, if you're not subscribed, subscribe to the show and get three people to subscribe, like, and comment on this YouTube. That's what we're going to do. You have to leave it in the comment section, leave their name or email address. I'm going to pick a winner. And being that this is the last show in May, I'm going to give somebody this money next week. Mm. So if you get those three people, you subscribe, get them to subscribe and leave their information. We'll get right back to you. So we'll be choosing a winner this week. $50 to your cash app. Once a month, we're doing it. Hey, let's go next. <laughs> that, that, that's your bottle for Labor Day next week, man. You know what I'm saying? Miss Sandeepa, take us up out of here. Yes. Well, um, thank you, gentlemen, for having me here today. And really, this is black excellence to me. You guys are doing great work, and I watch your show, enjoy it so much. And I see even the bigger potential that you have to give back to the community and really transform everybody, the, the way we think and everything. So love it and keep doing what you do. And um, I do want to say anybody who wants to reach out to me, um, any young professionals or um, young entrepreneurs and anybody who uh, might need a little bit of an inspiration about fitness, um, I recently last year lost about over 70 pounds and I've changed awesome. my and transformed my life through fitness. So I would love to help anybody um, who needs any guidance the best I could. So reach out to me on Instagram. Um, my Instagram name is Silonese underscore C-E-Y-L-O-N-E-S-E. Thank you so much for having me today. Awesome. Thank, Thank you for you. coming in. Yeah. It's the champ. Hey, man, I just want to uh, shout out my trainer, my homeboy, Mike Cold, Cold Blood Clark, uh, doing real good things in the community. Uh, this past month, he had a um, camp for children, man, all ages. Uh, he culminated it yesterday with a with a nice camp. Uh, Buster Douglas came in and spoke. Uh, I was in presence of champions. But that was a good time, man. I volunteered, gave back to the community myself. So it just felt good to hang out with some champions and be with the kids. You know, I love the kids. So um, thank you so much, gentlemen, for today. Queen, thank you so much for coming in, man. Um, Conscious by Nature, you know what it is. Every Friday, 8 o'clock, YouTube, Spotify, Next week, stay conscious, everybody. We out. Peace.
Thank you for joining us, everybody. This is the host, Money Mac, the pretty boy champ for the scholar D. Lamar and the genius Tyson Area 51 Porter. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. This has been another episode of Conscious by Nature. Stay conscious, everybody.